0: are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I'm going to start reading the first verse here tonight. Notice what he said, Acts Leviticus 26 now. Ye shall make no idols nor graven image, neither rear you up a standing image, neither shall ye set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it, for I am the Lord your God. Ye shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary, I am the Lord. Now notice these, if ye, what the Lord says in verse 3, If ye walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, Then I will. He says, Now if you'll do, I'll tell you what I'll do. Notice verse 4. Then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. And your threshing shall reach unto the vintage, and the vintage shall reach unto the sowing time, and you shall eat your bread to the full, and dwell in your land safely. And I'll give you peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none shall make you afraid. And I will rid evil beast out of the land, neither shall the sword go through your land. You shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword. And five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight, and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. For I will have respect unto you. And I'll make you fruitful and multiply you and establish my covenant with you. And ye shall eat old store and bring forth the old because of the new. And I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not, shall not abhor you. And I will walk among you and will be your God, and ye shall be my people. I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, that ye should not be their bondmen. And I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you go aright but if you will not hearken unto me and will not do all these commandments and if you'll not and if ye shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor my judgments so that ye will not do all my commandments but that ye break my commandments and then he goes on I'm going to start reading quap reading there but he says I'm going to I'm going to send judgment upon you but if you'll listen to me I'm going to bless you now one day i was just reading my daily bible reading i like to read the bible i uh don't read it like i should but about 15 20 years ago brother jim vineyard and i were talking and uh, brother vineyard said brother bobby do you ever find yourself every time you read the bible you're trying to find your a sermon and i sure do and i said yes and i've never told jim this yet i don't see him very often he said uh, I did too, but he said a while back I purposed I was going to read for just old Jim. We're going to ask the Lord a thing, just say, Lord, what you got for me? And I think he told me 20 some chapters a day. And he didn't ask me how many I read, and I'm glad he did I read the Bible every day. You know how it is. Sometimes you get busy, you read it sometime uh, just uh, to try to soothe your conscience, you know, that you got to read. But I, I purposed, and this is nothing great, but I purposed after that, never did tell Jim. I guess it's been 15 years now. I purposed to read 10 chapters every day. I read out of five books. And it's amazing, even my age, I can tell you where I got to this morning, go back next week and do it. So I'm reading that, and I read the Bible through. And I read it for for eight or ten years. And somebody said one day, Brother Bobby, you're reading the Bible through over three times a year. Well, I'm not getting tired of it. I like it. I like it. Now, I like good books. I don't read books like I ought to. I got, a, I got books like everything I need to read. And I thought a few times, well, i just cut off a few chapters, but I just can't do it. Uh, God has a nugget for me there. Every time I get down, he's got something there to lift me up. I was reading on the plane today, and I seen a verse in, in, uh, in, in the book of Psalms, and I've read that hundreds of times, but I never had seen it before. Boy, there's something about the book that's just fresh all the time. That's what I'm saying. Now, I was doing my daily Bible reading here, I don't know, a year or two ago. And I was reading this, what God says, if you'll do this, I'll do this. And I came to verse number 9, and he said, For I will have respect unto you, and make you fruitful, and multiply you, and and establish my covenant with you. And I got me a message on whom God will have respect to. Whom God will have respect to. Now, there's much in the Bible, and I could go to several different verses tonight. Uh, over in the book of Exodus, if you remember, in this, I believe it's the second chapter, the Lord talked about how he's going to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. He said, because I have respect unto his word that he promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And uh, then on over in the, in the book of Kings, he talks about uh, how he would have respect, respect, respect in his word. About 30 years ago, Brother Oliver Green preached revival for me, and uh, I never forget, you know, we're just 200 miles from Greenville, and he had a 1966 Buick, I remember, a beautiful Riviera Buick. He pulled up my yard on Monday afternoon, and I said, Brother Green, that's a pretty car, and please get what I'm fixing to say. Somebody misquoted me, and I said this somewhere. I don't know where it was. Somebody wrote me a stinking note. I don't remember where, but... Uh, said that uh, I said something about Brother Green was trying to win a soul just to get a car. I didn't say that. Uh, he was kidding like, and I said, that's a beautiful car. And he said, thank you, Brother Bobby. He said, I won a Buick dealer to the Lord. He had a real sense of humor. And he said, I'll drive it till I win a Cadillac dealer. And just laughed about it, you know. So I remember it's 1966 because that's a beautiful car. But well, let me say this. On Monday night, he preached, and he announced on Monday night he said, tomorrow night, Lord willing, I'm going to preach on what God has magnified above his own name. Well, I couldn't get that. You know, preachers, you want to, you're supposed to know everything. And I tried, I couldn't, what's above God's name? What could be above God's name? And i just so afraid some of my members are going to ask me what it was. And I, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I didn't know where, where to go. And look, and you know where he preached, don't you? Psalm 138 and verse 2 god said i have magnified my word above my own name brother we've got a book and god will have respect unto the person who respects his book you remember that i was reading this afternoon on the plane i read it several times i laughed when i you remember when uh, moses come down off the mountain and uh, god was angry you know and those jews were around the calf and so on and uh, God says to Moses, said, Moses, get out of the way and let me get rid of these. We'll... And Moses said, God, if you do, this is what he meant, you're not sticking to your word <laughs> because you promised. And the Bible said God repented. Isn't that amazing? Now, God knows what he's doing. But he's just teaching Moses. He said, you're right, Moses. I'm sorry. I can't go back on my word. Thank God for the word tonight. Yeah. Thank God for the word tonight. So much I could say about that. I like for people to respect me. I have four precious children. I tell it everywhere I go. Ten grandchildren, one great-grandchild, two more great-grandchildren on the way. My kids is too old to have children now. My grandchildren's having them. And uh, we're enjoying them. I thank God for them. And uh, the sword conferences in July at our church, and Dr. Smith was so kind, he he, uh, he uh, honored me with some things and had my family to come up on the platform. And, and I have the sweetest, sweetest kids in the world. And I don't know why they love their dad so good. But uh, I, I just said a few words. And I said, there's always some things I'd like to change about my ministry. I said this quite often. I said, uh, if I had it to do over with, I'd, I'd have stayed at home more with my kids. Uh, this will help you young preachers. They grow up so fast my boy many of you know him steve's 46 years old and i'm not happy about it steve and i has never been fishing never been hunting our life together i have a boy 39 years old i just preached all my life and uh just gone and preached and gone and preached and i would have cut off on some of that and i told them that when they uh, our, my 40th anniversary was the first sunday in july so that's what they were doing doing a little honoring there and uh i said a few words and i said uh, I I wished I'd have stayed home with my kids more. And then afterwards, we had a little reception, you know, and had eaten cake. My boy, 39 years old, walked up to me and put his arm around my neck. He said, Dad, don't you feel bad? He said, you've always been there when I needed you. He said, don't feel like you've neglected us. You mean everything to me. Now, I'm going to tell you, brother, I felt like flying when my boy said that. But wait a minute, wait a minute. It does you good when your children respect you. But I'm going to tell you, when God says, I'll respect you, that's much more. God said right here, he said, I will respect you, and I'll multiply you, and I'll make you fruitful. Now, I want to mention five things tonight that the Bible proves that if we do in our life, God respects those things. Number one, God will respect the man who's honest. Who's honest. Let me say to you young preacher boys, be honest, be honest. Dr. Bob Jones Sr. used to have some great sayings, and one of them was, do right, do right. If the stars fall, do right. Sometime, even in your, uh, in your studies and all, in college, it may look like, if you turn a little corner and the fellow says, tell a little lie or something, might be a little easy. Just make up your mind. I don't care how hard it may hurt, I'm going to be an honest person, my friend. Now, it don't take a lot of education to be honest. And God will bless and respect a person who's honest. Now, we've got some preachers have proved not to be honest. We had one out on our coast a while back. He got mad at his church little country church they didn't know what to do and he told them that God had put a curse on the church and he was going to close the door and he took the piano and some of the things out and went off in another city to start him a church and those four folks called me and said what should we do I said have that dirty bird up I said let him put him in prison and get your piano back we've got some crooks today that's what I'm talking about in the ministry God don't bless things like that. I think of two or three boys out of our church that went off to college. And they couldn't tell you the truth. I wouldn't believe them as far as I can throw them. They couldn't tell you the truth. One of them's pastored. Uh, he's, been, uh, he's been pastoring for one year now. And he's already pastored two churches and gone from both of them. He'll never do nothing until he gets honest. That's what I'm talking about. He went to Trinity and He got expelled. After a year or two, and then he went to this and went to that one. And then the last church he pastored, I met one of his members, and he said, our pastor, I understand, has had eight years of college. I said, your pastor ain't had eight years of college. I want to tell him he got kicked out of one, but I didn't do that. You see, we don't need to try to impress somebody. We just need to be honest, my friend. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, the Bible said God will not withhold any good thing from man who walks uprightly. Be an honest person. God blesses and God's promised, I'll respect a man who's honest. I think about Acts chapter 8 at Ethiopia and he was honest. He had been over to Jerusalem. He wanted to know. And God took Philip out of a great revival in Samaria and sent him down into the desert because there's an honest man who wouldn't know how to be saved. I think about Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. The Bible said, God says, Cornelius, your arms and your prayers have come up before me. He didn't know what to do to be saved, but he had an honest heart. He wanted to know. And God sent Simon Peter to tell him how to be saved. My friend, you follow your Bible, and you'll find God has respect. I think of Abraham in Genesis chapter 18. Uh, when Lot, you know how Lot went. Here's Lot down in Sodom, and God's about to destroy that place. And Genesis chapter 18, verse 17 through 19, God says, I cannot withhold what I'm fixed to do from Abraham, because he's a man who commands command his children to walk upright. Let me say, Dad's... Our children need to have confidence in us. They know where we're liars or not. They know where we're put-ons or not. And let me tell you, if my children and my wife and my grandchildren, if they don't believe in me, no need me trying to impress somebody somewhere else. I'm just saying tonight, God will bless us if we'll be honest. That's what I'm talking about. Be an honest person. I think of Hezekiah, a good man in the Bible. You know, he had a lot of Problems. Those Syrians was going to uh, do away with him. You remember God uh, killed 185,000 of them one night. And then he got sick if you remember. And then God sent him a message by Isaiah. And said set your house in order you're going to die. And you read it in the book of Isaiah. And uh, also in Kings. And and, uh, you will find that old Hezekiah started praying. He said Lord I've walked up rightly before you Lord. I've tried to be an honest man. God says I like that. He said, Isaiah, go back over and tell him I've changed my mind. I've seen his tears. I've heard his prayer. God hears an honest man's prayer. Think about old Isaiah over there. In Isaiah chapter 6, you remember, in the year that King Uzziah died, he saw the Lord lifted up. He didn't say, Lord, I'm around here among a bunch of crooks." He said, Lord, I'm a sinner, and they are too, Lord. <laughs> I'm honest, God. I'm in bad shape, and I'm dwelling in the midst of a people unclean. And God says, I like that. I'll cleanse him. My friend, listen, it, I'm just saying tonight, let's be honest, people. Honest people. i never forget John Gamble. Doesn't mean anything probably to you folks. Dr. John Gamble's my friend. He's with the Lord now. Great evangelist for about 40 years. Dr. Gamble said, uh, he said one time there was a couple that was was traveling with an evangelist and doing the singing, a man and his wife, a fine couple. And said they got so wrapped up in this evangelist, loved him so much, and said the evangelist began to do some things that was not honest. And they got hurt, and they said, we're going to quit. Dr. Gamble said, I asked the Lord to give me something to say to them to help them. He said, I went and sat down and talked to this young couple. And he said, this is the way I approached them, Brother Bobby. He said, I, I said, you know, he said, we're just going to quit. I mean, we thought if anybody was honest, that man is. And we've just caught him in dishon- some and we're going to quit. And we shouldn't get our eyes on people. But Dr. Gamble said, I told that couple this. He said, you know, I know a lot of office workers that are better office workers than they are Christians. He said, I know a lot of automobile mechanics are better mechanics than they are Christians. And he went on down the line and called several different occupations. And he said, I know some preachers that are better preachers than they are Christians. Then he said this, I hope I never forget it. He said, I had rather, I had rather for my ministry to reach here and my life reach down yonder. Than for my ministry to reach down yonder and my life back up here. Listen, fellas, we need to witness with our lips, but we need to witness with our life. Be honest, be honest. So much I could say there, but God honors that. I think of the woman in Matthew 15, had the daughter vexed with the devil. Jesus said it's not right to take the children's bread and give the dog. She said, you're right. You're right. I'm an old dog, but how about a few crumbs? He said, I like that. (laughs) I'm going to help her. Let me tell you, fellas, when we get cold, and we do. And uh, let's don't blame our people. Let's get honest and get along with God. and Say, God, I, I know I try to say if the old church. You know, if the church, listen, if there's some fire in the pulpit, there's going to be some in the pew. Yeah. About 35, 40 years ago, I was in a revival around Winston-Salem, some church, I don't remember where. And it was a very cold meeting. My friend Ray Mendenhall worked with a, with a Dodge company. And I was walking up the street. Ray was a salesman at the Plymouth Dodge Place he walked out to find Christian he said Bobby I hear you're in a meeting this week and I said yeah sure am he said how, how you doing I said it's cold and it's dead and he said well what's the matter you I never have forgot that boy I hit hard he said what's the matter you he said it's pretty cold and dead up there when Elijah prayed too but some fire fell I tell you the worst any I have is me Man, I, uh, sometimes I think if everybody in the church just this and getting straight and that and getting straight and that and getting straight, but if I just come honest for God and say, God, I'm I'm cold in my heart. I need a warming from glory. God, I, uh, you said he that knows do good and don't do it is sin. Lord, I've, I've sinned here and I've sinned there and start confessing and getting my my heart all mellowed up and get the joy of God in my soul and walk out there on Sunday morning and sing, let's sing Amazing Grace and bless God, something moves and something happens. That's what I'm talking about. A lot of times we say, well, I think it's time we move. We don't have nobody saved anymore. Come on, maybe you're cold. Maybe you're not trying to win nobody to God. Don't try to blame somebody else. Just be honest. That's what I'm trying to say tonight. i got to hurry on my other points. Then there's something else God always do. Not only will he, will he bless and will he have respect to an honest man, but he will respect an humble man. A humble man. You remember the story about Nineveh? Jonah didn't want to go and went through all the colleges he went through. He really went through college, didn't he, before he went. And then finally went over there. And that old wicked king, uh, Jonah began to preach, repent, repent. And that old king got down off of his throne and got down in sackcloth and called the nation down in humility. And God says there's 120,000 people don't know the right hand from the left. And God spurred that city for 150 years because there was a king that humbled himself. Folks, that would be the hope of America tonight. I'm not talking about Democrats or Republicans or whatever. But if our leaders in Washington would humble themselves down and say, we've made a mess out of this, and we don't know which way to go. If you could read in the morning the headlines, please, America, let's humble ourselves and come back to God in the Bible, you'd see a change in America, my friend. God will respect humility. You know, I think of old Ahab. Man, he was wicked. God said he'd done more to cause any man, uh, done more to cause God to anger than any man lived. He is such a wicked king. I mean, he turned Israel completely away from God and uh, completely to idolatry. And Jezebel was wicked and ungodly. And you remember when Elijah sent him out there and told him judgment was coming? And you read it in the book of Kings. The Bible says that he humbled himself. And Elijah said, because you've humbled yourself, he said, the judgment is going to come later upon your children. But God spared him a while because of that. Now, I know he reached what he sowed, but I'm just trying to say God respects humility. Then I think of old Manasseh, that wicked king. Look what he meant. And then after he was gone, I believe his his, uh, son was Ammon, if I'm not mistaken. And then Ammon He, uh, they killed him in just a little while. And then Josiah, eight years old, began to reign. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. He says, we're going to open the house of God again. We're going to get the altars repaired. And we're going to get the idols out of this place and so on. And while they cleaned up the house of God, they found the book of the law. And they took it to to Josiah. And Josiah read it. And he said, boy, judgment's coming upon us. We better do something. And he read it to the people. And God said, listen, Josiah, because you've humbled yourself, I'm going to spare you. I'm going to take you on to glory. And I'm going to spare you. I'm going to have to send judgment. But because you've humbled yourself, God says, I'm going to have mercy on you. You read all through the Bible. And you read Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Uh, that's the recipe for revival. If my people are called by my name. He don't say pray first, does he? But if my people which call my name shall humble themselves and then pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. My friend, God will honor humility. The Bible says in Proverbs 18 verse 12 before honor is humility. You follow your Bible and you'll find God always respects a person who will humble himself before him. Then I want to say thirdly, here's another person God will always respect, and that's a man who will listen or will hear him. God will have respect there. The Bible says in John 8:47, he that is of God heareth God's word. I think of Samuel. Most of you know the story about Samuel and uh, how that Hannah prayed for a child and God gave her the child. And and, uh, then she said, I'm going to lend him him, uh, back to the Lord. And he lived in the house of God there with Eli, the old priest. And One night uh, he woke Eli up and said, what did you want? Eli said, I haven't spoke to you. He laid back down again. He got up and he said to the priest, What have you said? Eli said, I haven't said anything. He said, Maybe it's the Lord talking to you. He said, Next time just say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Little old Samuel did. Look what God made out of his life. But you think about Saul. You think about a mess Saul made. God spoke to him, but he wouldn't listen to God. And God said, I want you to kill all the Amalekites. And he compromised a little bit. And come back, you know. And, and when Samuel come to see him, he said, boy, I've done all God wants me to do. And be sure our sin will find us out. And old Samuel said, well, what meaneth the bleeding of the sheep and lowering the ox of the ox? Well, I thought God needed him. He said, listen, God wants you to be obedient. He doesn't need those sacrifices. You see, my friend, if we will listen to God he will bless us we had better follow him the bible talks about in hebrews there uh, how important it is to hear and i believe it's hebrews chapter 5 he said the people become dull of hearing and he that hath ears, let him hear what the lord hath speak lord for thy servant heareth oh he said listen if you'll listen to me i'll bless you i'll bless you i'll respect you if you'll just listen to me that's what he's saying my friend god will do that i'm talking about people whom god says i will respect and that's the person who will listen to him then i want to say fourthly god will respect a man who helps people a helping person you're know, a person who sets out to say well i'm going to get all i can can all i get that's a miserable person church called me a while back and said brother bobby said, you know i've been where i've at this brother jack said 40 years and i've been pastoring a little over 41 i pastored one year uh, but living where i'm at all my life really is born a mile and a half two miles from the church and been preaching this month 46 years god's been good to me and so I, i get a lot of calls from from deacons and people looking for preachers, you know, and so on. And uh, about two years ago, I got a call from a fellow over in the state of Virginia. I'd known him for 20 years, and he was a deacon in this church. And he said, Brother Bobby, he said, we haven't had a pastor in over a year. He said, uh, what, what's changed? He said, uh, he, "He said we we got 30-some resumes. We, we've interviewed 16 of those men. And almost every one of them are saying, what kind of of benefits do you have he says what's wrong brother Bobby I said you got the wrong resumes I said throw them in the trash can forget you ever got them that man's like out trying to help anybody he's out trying to get everything he can himself Let me tell you, say, Brother Bobby, I got to, let me tell you something. If you'll set out, and I'll set out to forget about ourselves and lose our life, we'll find it. I'll never forget my first church. I came home from church one day. I was Sunday school superintendent and deacon in the little church where I was a member of, about 75 people. And I got a phone call. And this old boy, I would preached in their church one time. There's run about 15 or 20 people. He called me and he said, he said, Brother Bobby, he said, you know, we didn't have a pastor. He said, we tried out six men and we put all of you up today and you got more votes than the rest of them. Would you take it? That's a good way to put a man in and that's a good way to start off a split. And I said, yeah, man, I just want to preach. And I took that church and I'm, I'm not patting myself on the back. I didn't think about money. About a month later, they said, uh, we're going to give you $15 a week. And I said, well, that's all right. You know, I was working about 10 hours a day. And uh, it didn't bother me. I was making $125 a week. I was making it all right. And uh, they said, we'll give you $15 a week. And I, I had a prior meeting on Tuesday night. They had it on Tuesday night, so I kept it Tuesday night. I got me a cottage prayer meeting. Now, you city folks don't know what that is. But I was back over there in the boondocks where there's a lot of liquor, uh, bootlegging. And so I went out there on Saturdays and do me some visits. And I wasn't working on Saturdays, so I'd knock on some doors and and visit some places and and uh, and, and ask them if I could come and have a service. Most of those farmers say, "Yeah, come on in." So I'd get somebody with an old guitar, you know, to play the guitar and could have sing maybe a little bit. And uh, I'd say, "You want to go with me tonight?" We'd put us some chairs in the back of the car and we'd go have a cottage prayer meeting and i'd preach on saturday nights you know and and uh, and i'd set my chair out for the altar you know and have somebody play a song with a guitar and sing a little bit you know and and uh, then i'd preach and then i'd have them to sing just as i am and those sinners would come and kneel at that uh, i remember one night this old fellow was i say old i don't let me excuse me i don't mean that because i'm not too far from that but he was up in his seventies him and his wife He was known as the bootlegger of the country over there. And listen, they lived in a little one-room house. I mean, they slept and they eat and all in that one room, poor as they could be, down through the woods and old beer cans everywhere. And I went down there and asked him, oh, Mr. Slade, I said, would you let me come over and have a service? I'd been visiting him. He said, be glad for you too." I had 75 that night. And we didn't get to take our chairs in. We just stood up against each other in that little old room. And I preached. Oh, hallelujah, what a time. That old man and his wife both got saved, uh, and their life changed, my friend. What a glorious time down there, brother. God blessed that little old church, and I didn't want to leave it. Got up to about 80 or 90 and so on. I didn't want to leave it. I never, listen, I never one time wanted for anything to eat. I I had a 53 Plymouth and a 49 Ford. And I said, I better sell one of my cars because them people think I'm a wealthy man if I don't. And I don't know where to keep eye. And so I sold my old Ford. Yeah, I made a mistake. The Ford's a better car than the Plymouth was. Back up that amen. <laughs> and I will forget that. We had some hallelujah times over there. When I came to Gospel Light, July the 1st, Sunday, 1956, we had 153 in Sunday school. And they said, Brother Bobby, we're going to give you $65 a week. We just put our preacher on full time. And I said, oh, I didn't say anything to them, but I said it to my wife and we prayed. And I said, honey, $125 and $40 and 15 a week is 140 How in the world are we going to cut from 140 to 65 And you say, what kind of benefits. No benefits. I'd built me a little house two miles from there, paying $60 a month on my house, and I don't know, maybe $30, $40 on an old car and, and trying to raise kids, and that was it. And, uh, but I wasn't going to let them know it. I told them deacons, I said, now, not much difference the size of these churches. Now, just let me keep on working my job. Boy, they act like they was paying me so much they couldn't stand for me to work another job. They said, no, we want you full-time. And I'm here to tell you tonight. I didn't miss a meal, and don't you think I left? Don't you think it that I give up anything for God? I don't. I don't care Hear, hearing about these fellows telling me what to give up for God. I made it better on sixty-five dollars a week than I did on a hundred and forty. Now you figure that out. I can't, but God can, my friend. Some dear old sister and the old brother woke up and stick a $5 bill in my hand. I remember one night, one day my wife and I were sitting talking and we had a few potatoes in the house and, and uh, we said, well now, we just can't get no groceries. And we was talking and praying about it. But thank God, when you got taters and beans, you won't starve. Amen. Yeah. And we had a few potatoes and beans, so we was going to wait. My pay time was about a week and a half off. And we was going to wait, you know, and and we'd done just talking. I mean, we was talking about it. And a knock come on the door. I was pastoring gospel light at that time. And I went to the door, and there stood a man, member of my church, a plumber. He was dirty and greasy, and I said, won't you come in, Brother Duggins? He said, no. He said, I've just on my way from work, and I don't know why, but two, two days ago, God put on my heart that you needed something. And I said, now, if you don't need it, just give somebody else. I can't stand any longer. Here's just some money, and hand me a roll of money, and walked away. I walked around, uh, Brother Gibson turned, and I told Jackie, I said, Honey, look here, Then she went off in the bathroom squalling like a baby and fell on her knees. Let me tell you, brother, if you'll just put God first and you try to help that old sinner, God will have respect to you. God will bless you. That's what I'm talking about. God loves those poor people. Daryl Cox, I think he's preached for you before. Daryl's about 25, 30 miles from me. I was over there preaching for him not long ago. Darrell's had a struggle financially. He, he took the church, had a big debt. He'd uh, count the money on, uh, count money on Sunday night to see what debts he could pay on Monday and apologize for not paying the others for several years. And I said, son, if you'll be faithful, old Daryl used to call me. He said, Brother Bobby, I think I'm going to give it up. I said, no, somebody's got to stay in there. I said, you stay there. You keep reaching people. You keep helping people. God will bless you, son. He just kept putting on bus routes. We'd give him some old wore-out buses. Every time we'd have one that was about to fall down, we'd give it to Darrell. He'd patch it up, you know, and he'd drive it. He got, he got a whole field full of junk over there. But I was over there, listen. I was over there, I was over there, Rick, preaching for him the other night to his Sunday school teachers. And he said, Brother Bobby, God's so good. He said, I believe the last of the year we won't over twenty thousand dollars on everything. And we just bought this field out here three acres beside the church. He's having two services on Sunday morning. He's having eight and nine hundred and his church seats about two hundred and fifty. I don't know where he puts them. I'm talking about you talking about buffs, kids, right rough, my but it's what he told me. He said, Brother Bobby, he said there's a lady been visiting our church. She's not a member. But she said, you know, I've been telling my parents, and they got some money, and I've been telling them about you bringing in all these little wayward kids around here, and said, they said, we're going to give them some money. And he said, Brother Bobby, every month, listen, every month for several months, I get a check for $1,400 from a couple I've never seen. I write and thank them, and they said, you keep doing that, and we'll keep sending you $1,400 every month. I said, say amen when I yeah. preach. Don't be, you're not charismatic. Say hallelujah, glory to God, you know. And I got to preaching last night and kind of got beside myself and carried carol. And I'm amazed to look out there on Sunday night. I said, Lord, where do these people come from? I don't understand it. All the land there, 13 or 14 buildings, and to God be the glory, it's all debt free and half the crowd's younguns. Now, how in the world can you do that? Man can't do that. That takes God to do that. You know what it is? God likes that those 50 some buses that go out all over the country and yesterday 1703 I think on those buses I'd say out of the 1700 there was probably at least 14 of them from teenagers down broken homes nobody cared for them but God in heaven looked over and he said I love them poor people son and I'm going to lay on somebody's heart listen almost every month we get mail through, we get money through the mail God knows who the people are I don't know they said we well, hear about those you Reaching those kids just want to have a little part in it. That's what I'm talking about. You say, Brother Bobby, what is it? God respects you when you help the helpless, my friend. Luke chapter 14, Jesus, you remember the parable? He said, Go out there. Well, they said they won't come. One married a wife and done this and that. And the other. He said, Well, just keep going. Going out there in the boondocks. Then he said, you go out there and bring the halt and the poor and the maimed and the blind in. You bring them in. And then he said this, he said, when you get ready to have a feast, he said, don't get them rich people because they can have you back too. He said, get some of them can't give you nothing back. And he said, I'll recompense you at the resurrection, my friend. God loves people. God respects anybody who's trying to help people, my friend. That's what I'm talking about. Psalm 41 is one of my favorite scriptures. God said, blesses he who considers the poor. God says when time comes that you're sick, on your bed or languish. He said, I'll be there with you. I'll lift you up, my friend. I love to reach poor people. I love the bus ministry. God knows how I love the bus ministry. Man, I'll tell you, you, you there's one thing about it if you want if you don't want your church to get formal you just get the bus ministry you'll bring in everything man a few weeks ago some woman sitting on the front row my bus people the adults they come in they sit on the front they come in the side door every bus is always late and so they're coming in sitting on the front some some dear old lady here I am preaching on Sunday morning all stirred up and all at once she just says what's your name? <laughs> you'll never know what's going to come out of that crowd God always gives you something though I said I'll tell you after church and just kept going <laughs> she didn't ask me no more let me tell you something sweet tell you something sweet three weeks ago three weeks ago here comes the bus workers our choir starts singing and here comes one of the bus workers in with a with an elderly man in a wheelchair he gets out and his wife follows him he gets out of the chair and he sits on the front row and uh they brought him in on the bus i started preaching i started preaching and that old man started crying he looked like he's going to fly he liked to preach me death that morning you know some people you don't want to look at when you preach but some of them, you just, they're just preaching to death. That old fella, he just cried, and he just, just laughed. And I said, boy, he's real, and he's just going sick of mad. I like to preach myself to death at him. And after service, our bus worker said, preacher, I, I, they, they're kind of feeble. They're not in a wheelchair, but I, I didn't want him to have to walk down here, and I brought them. He said, we picked this couple up. In the James A. Johnson nursing home over here 20 miles from here. Said, they've heard you for years on the radio. We're on the radio every Sunday night and Wednesday night. And said, This is a retired preacher. Wow. And he wanted to see you. you. That old gentleman hugged my neck. He's been there for three weeks now. Yeah. And when the choir singing, they just sing right along with him. He pats his wife. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Uh, one person said they had their 68th wedding anniversary yesterday. Yeah. And I said, bless your sweetheart, we're going to sing a song for you this morning. And we sung that old fellow sat there and like they went to heaven, just having a hallelujah time. Just as poor, an old-fashioned preacher from somewhere, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you his name tonight. But he's got the goods. Yeah. It bears witness, he's got the goods. And he enjoys it. And he said, I'm so glad your bus comes by and picks me up. We got an old boy. He's in a wheelchair. He came from Michigan about four years ago. He said, my church closed this bus minister down. Could I move down to your place? I said, sure. He's in a wheelchair. He said, I want a bus route. He works a bus route in a wheelchair. He'll, he'll mash a button in that uh, uh, tr- pickup truck, and that old wheelchair hangs in the back, and he'll come around and sit down, and he jumps off in that thing and tees off to the door. Working a bus route. A few months ago, he said, Preacher, I've been a- watching these ramps. There's a lot of lonely people. Could I just start a route just handicapped? I said, we'll work at it. So we got a van all fixed up with a handicap. He said, I found me a place. Brother Jack, you know right back in the back of our place, there's a little open spot there. He said, that's where I want him, preacher. Yesterday morning, there's about eight wheelchairs lined up there. He goes and gets a crowd and brings them back, goes and gets a crowd. And about six, eight weeks ago, down the aisle one Sunday morning, here come one of them that got right with God, got saved, and want to be baptized took me and Steve and Frank and uh, three people to baptize and then he liked to drown at us, getting him in that baptister that morning. That old boy, listen, God's taking care of things. If we'll keep our eyes on helping people, God looks over the battlements of heaven and you get an old sinner saved and God says, I like that son. And let me tell you, God owns a cattle on a thousand hills and the hills too, bless God. And he can send the money in to do it if we'll just get our priorities right and help the people. That's what I'm talking about. God will respect those who help people. I'm so glad of that. Now let me give you one more here. God has respect for the man who keeps a hungry heart. You remember when uh, the disciples, uh, uh, these folks been following Jesus for some days. Jesus and the disciples said, turn them away. We don't have no food for them. Jesus said, I won't turn them away. Lest they faint, by the way. He never turned a hungry person away. And he took the lad's uh, loaves and fed him. Now that's physically. But the same way spiritually. If you and I, listen, if you and I'll keep a hungry heart, don't let anything take your appetite. My old grandmother, my old grandmother Robertson used to, she'd feed you to death i stay all night with Grandma. Now, now you people don't know what black-eyed peas is, but uh, you never did get that straight. He got all confused in our pulpit about black-eyed peas and cat. He's tall and cat head biscuits and black-eyed. He's all confused. He's a city boy. Got to get him back out there and get him straightened out. But I always liked black-eyed peas and cornbread. I <laughs> give me some cornbread and let me crumble it up in my plate and put my black-eyed peas on top of it. Now, some of you done left me. That's deep. You're, you're not there. And then give me a bottle of ketchup right on top of that, and an onion and a tomato, and you can have all your steak and seafood you want. That's God, I'll just enjoy it. And my grandma would let me have anything I wanted, and I'd stay all night with her all I could, and she'd keep black eyed peas. And Granny say, What do you want for breakfast in the morning? Now, Mom wouldn't let me have them. I say, I like asking them black eyed peas. I warm them up. And I eat black eyed peas for breakfast. Grandma feed me to death. But you know what she used to say? She used to say, Now, listen, son, you know the flu comes through every year. And now you've got to eat a whole lot and keep your resistance built up. Because if you don't, the flu epidemic will get you. But now, if you'll just eat and keep strong, she said, you can throw it off. Now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. If that's an application spiritually. The devil has got a lot of epidemics out there. But if I keep my heart hungry, but you know, if, if you let a little flu bug get in there, it'll take your appetite away. And you let a little bitterness get in there, you just don't seem like you get what you ought to out of it. But God says, I like to feed the hungry. Listen to what it says in Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. I'm almost through. He said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness for what they shall be filled. Let me tell you this quickly. Grover McGee doesn't mean a thing to you. One of the greatest men ever known. Went to see him one afternoon. He's with our Lord now. One of the finest Christians. This was back before television came. And I went to see him on Sunday afternoon. He just lived back over on a little farm. But oh, how he loved God. How he loved the Word of God. And I got out of my car, pulled up right beside his house, and got out of my car. And I heard somebody, I started around to the front door, and there was a window there on the side. And I heard somebody say, Amen. Bless God. That's right. Preach it, man. I just stopped. And I backed up and I went to the window and I peeped in. And that old man, nobody but him in there. He had him a little radio. He wasn't doing, he wasn't trying to impress anybody. Just him and the Lord there. But he had him a little radio, a little old radio. It's on Sunday afternoon. And somebody was really, I mean, they was really shelling the corn. And he is having him a time. He is eating. And he just in there by himself, and I stood there a little while and watched him. He said, "Man, that's good. Praise God!" He would slapped his foot. He said, "Glory to God. Keep it up, man. That's good." Oh, I would to God we had some hungry people today. People come to church today, and too many of them are come to get out. I think you know. And I tell them all the time, we got them to slip out here and slip out there, my friend. You'd better keep your appetite. Because you'll backslide. But God will respect that person's hungry. He'll feed you every time, my friend. If you'll just keep that appetite all the time. He loves the hungry people. Luke chapter 1, verse 53. He hath filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he sent away empty. Yes, <laughs> so much in the Bible about that. But God respects a hungry person. God's got a whole lot of food. Man shall only live by bread alone, but every word comes forth in the mouth of God. He said, preacher, I'm kind of cold. Get this old book down. <laughs> Quit trying to find your sermon. Just say, Lord, I need something. And he'll give you something. And then when that gets in you, bless God, one of these times all at once, you say, glory to God, that's wonderful. My wife used to, get excited about it but she don't anymore I got to doing that and I jump up at night and she first said what's wrong I said I got some money better write it down <laughs> you know meditate on it I used to have to take the old cow that was a big job we had a cow mom said now you you uh, you lead a cow here by the close to the railroad track and some good grazing but stand and hold the chain because if a train comes by, she'll run, break her neck. And when a train comes, and you move her back. But you stay out there about 10 in the morning, it gets hot, and then bring the cow back. That old cow, I didn't know a cow had all them stomachs at that time. I wondered, where in the world she's going to swallow it? You know, an old cow just lap her tongue around, just keep on eating, keep on eating. Get green grass, keep on eating. About 10, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, I'd go back to the house, and, and I'd tie the cow. The cat, we had some trees down behind the house and a tire down there and about 12 o'clock she'd be laying there just, you know what she's doing she took it in out there and she's meditating on it now don't you love this book tonight it stirs me up for a man to say something about this old book right here I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time for any college. He wants to tear the King James Version down. I don't have any time. I told a man that the other day. I preached it in my church the other night. And uh, some fella called me and he said, I heard you said something about our college. I said, What do you mean? He said, Well, you said something about. It. I said, I didn't call you no, no name, no college. And uh, he said, well, I want you to know we just have the King James. Right? I said, well, bless God, I'm glad to know that. I said, I've heard you got everything else. And you've got kids come to our, school, our church and there. And I have to battle that thing all the time with my school teachers. I mean, some I, mean, I don't get better now. I'm sweet right now. I don't want to stay that way. But every year, we, well, I talk to my teachers. And I say, let me tell you something. I don't hear one time you get in a class and said, well, we have to use the king's name however the ESV or NIV is better. I said, don't you do that. I said, if you're going to do that, just quit now before you start. Because I don't want my youngins, I don't want my kids in my school, my Christian school, to have any doubts to believe this is the word of God. I don't care about... Anything you want, you go right ahead and do all the studying and figuring you want to. But bless God, my old daddy preached this book. I've been preaching for 46 years. It's good enough for me. It's sweet for my soul. And it's all right, my friend. And God blesses it. And brother, when you got something works, leave it alone. That's what I'm saying. God will respect us if we'll be honest and if we'll walk humbly, God will respect us. If we'll just do these things, take them home, with just simple things. And then if we'll just be a hearing person, God likes that. He'll respect us. And then helping people all the time. And just keep a hungry heart all the time. And God respects that. And boy, to hear God in heaven say, hey, son, I respect you. That keeps us on shouting ground. Let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Lord, please take the thoughts I believe the Holy Spirit gave me tonight and make them a blessing, Lord. Help us to walk with you. Lord, help me to practice what I've preached tonight. Lord, every one of us here want you to respect us. And you've said in this book, Leviticus, you've given one thing after another. If you'll do this, I will. I will respect you. I'll multiply you. I'll bless you. Lord, you didn't say you'd make us rich. That's not real blessings. We don't need that. We just need you, God, your power, your sweetness, your joy, your presence, your approval. And help us, Lord, that we'll walk so that you will respect us. Let me ask you before I close a prayer tonight. I wonder if there's someone here tonight say brother Bobby God spoke to me about some area in my life tonight maybe you haven't been and, and listen don't don't be ashamed don't be ashamed be honest maybe you haven't been just honest maybe you've tried to twist something around and you blame some or some other way you know maybe it's just something about it or maybe you got all up Uh, mad about something sort of humbling yourself before god maybe god has spoke to you tonight i I mean if he has let's 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 believe what the book i've tried to preach what the book i've tried to prove to you all these points that god said right here what he did i wonder if anybody like that tonight you say brother bobby i want you and the other folks to pray for me about a certain area in my life would you just raise your hand thank God I knew God wanted me to talk about this tonight all over the place all over the place isn't it good God speaks to us isn't it wonderful now we want to pray for these people now let me ask you you put your head down let me ask you if there's a person here tonight and you say preacher I don't know I'm saved now you might have made a profession and you may have not made a profession you might be a member of church you may not be but down in your heart you may have tried to Smooth it over, but I'm going to be honest tonight. If I died before I got home, I don't know that I'd go to heaven. And please remember me in this prayer. Would you let me see your hand? Would you raise it up? I'm just going to pray. That's all I'm going to do. Anyone, anyone, anywhere. I wouldn't want to miss a hand if there is. Anywhere tonight. Anywhere tonight. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Out, I see that hand. Yes, back over here. Yes, I see that one. Someone else tonight someone else now let's pray for these people let's pray for them they've asked us to pray let's pray for them i believe there's been two hands raised anyone else tonight would you say brother bobby you know you may not be trying to fool people but then you might be i don't know but just i have to be honest tonight i don't know i'm saved and if you know you're saved i'd like to know that and i want you to pray for me would you do that? would you show enough interest by raising your hand up like these folks have would you just do that god bless you someone else someone else we don't want to miss it god will see that hand god will see that hand now, now let's do this let's let's stand if you will and let's pray for these people all right and then i'll tell you what let's 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 remain standing and with our heads bowed and and brother here will have the music and let's let's do business with god tonight dear father for these precious souls that ask me to pray for them that don't know they're saved Jesus, you died for them. You said you did in the scriptures. And you said if they'd just come to you by faith, you wouldn't cast them away. And I pray that tonight, while the folks are praying for them, that they'll walk out down the aisle and meet our preacher down here tonight. Don't let the devil keep them back there and carry them to hell. But I pray they'll be honest and come tonight and just say i want christ i want to be saved i want to know it tonight may they do that tonight lord for jesus sake you've seen the multitude of hands was raised you spoke Uh, lord it may be we just don't hear you like what to listen to you maybe other things i don't know but father i bring all my brothers and sisters to you tonight and would you please in jesus name dear lord Help us to meet the requirements that you teach us, and that you're dealing with us in our own hearts. And Lord, you said if we confess our sins, that you are faithful, and you are Lord, and you're just to forgive and to cleanse from all unrighteousness. Now, Lord, when we sing, I pray that not this just be a trip to the altar, but to be a business with God. That I'm going to I'm going to do what the book says tonight then God has promised he will respect and multiply and bless me. And I'll thank you for it, and I pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org.